This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> 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 Drives down and throws it down! This is my MC! That's the end of you! Can I be? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 143, episode 143 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing super duper. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like the Marky P Show, the Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, Drinks After Work, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Let's Be Clear with Kayla burnt toast it's always something with jd music you're missing a chance to strive and 30 flirty and surviving and of course if you're into sports cards because sports cards are still a thing it's a cool hobby cool industry go check out big night breaks you can also go down to patriot place and check out the brand new card store called the card vault check that out and you can get your banner banter podcast merchandise for the holidays available at bignightshop.com click the big night media tab click banner banter and buy every single goddamn item that you see thanks so much for supporting the brand let's talk about the boston celtics shall we episode 143 doesn't that mean like i love you or something anyways i love you boston celtics uh so the recap of the week celtics are currently 13 and 11 after going two and one over the weekend they are currently second in the atlantic division eighth overall in the eastern conference but they're only one game out of the fourth seed like i mentioned last week in episode 142 the east is an absolute shit show and the Celtics are getting better, I think, game by game. There are still a lot of improvements to go. But as long as the Celtics get better as they go, I they're literally only a game out of the fourth seed, which is literally home court in the first round of the playoffs. It's crazy to think about, especially when you're only 13 and 11. So last week... They beat the 76ers 88-87 to at TD Garden, which is pretty crazy. And then they started their West Coast road trip. Five games. So far, they're 1-1. One one. They lost to the Utah Jazz in an absolute crazy offensive game, 137-130. to And then they beat the Portland Trailblazers in Portland, who had a bunch of injuries, 145-117. to And we're going to get right into it right away. It's not going to be canter banter, but it's going to be stud and dud of the week. So hit the music. And now, it is time. For the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, episode 143, stud and dud of the week. The stud of the week is Robert Williams. I know that sounds weird because it's not like he did anything crazy on the stat sheet, but this team looks so much different now that he's back, and the team looks so much different whenever he's on the floor. Now, you may, like I said, you may look at the stat sheet and say, 
seven points, four boards, two and a half blocks. That's what he averaged over the past week. That really isn't anything special. Why is he the set of the week? I I get that. Touche. That's fine. But you can see the impact that he's making on the floor. People aren't driving to the rim as much when he's on the floor. He made a huge game-winning block against the 76ers. He literally was in the paint. Ball got swung to the corner. I forget if, if it was Tobias Harris or Danny Green. I think it was Tobias Harris. I'm having a brain fart. It was on the opposite side of the court. I was freaking out because I didn't want to lose to the 76ers. Basically kind of blacked out, to be honest with you. And he ran all the way over to the corner, stuck his hand out, and his long-ass wingspan and his big-ass hands and the fact that he can stop time because he is the time lord, block that shot, Celtics win. His wingspan is ridiculous, folks. And he can... He can react to shooters so well, and fly. And the way that he can fly at them is a huge difference. Now, he needs to still improve on his pick-and-roll defense for sure, but I, I feel like it has gotten better. If you remember earlier in the season, because I know everyone memorizes every single thing that I mentioned, I talked about how I wasn't a big fan of how Ime Adoka switches so much because I didn't think the Time Lord was that great. And sure, the Time Lord still needs to be better with some shooters, especially if the Celtics do switch and he's, you know, James Harden is dribbling his ass off of thousand times before he takes a step back jumper the time lord needs to get better at defending that for sure without a shadow of a doubt but he is improving in that but the every single team that the Celtics score they score less when he's on the floor now the jazz game was a little bit different because they shot at an absolute ridiculous rate three-point range but even though he did get in foul trouble early versus the Portland Trailblazers, which isn't ideal, especially with the fact that Al Horford wasn't playing, but he is also an offensive threat in the pick and roll. Teams are now worried about when the Time Lord's going to jump in the air. Like, there was one play uh, against the Trailblazers where he literally just got the ball to the top of the key and put the floor, put the ball on the floor and dribbled and dunked it, and if that went in, I probably would have had an aneurysm. I would have absolutely flipped out. Now, the team gets better when Robert Williams is on the floor, and I'm looking forward to see how the team plays with him when they play Anthony Davis and the Lakers on Tuesday because Anthony Davis dropped 31 points when the Celtics played the Lakers last month in November and the Celtics won by like 22 points or whatever it was but I Time Lord didn't play that game so I'm really interested to see how that happens but the he I don't know he just makes a huge impact on this team it may not be on the stat sheet but he he communicates well on defense his leadership is growing I just feel like he's maturing right in front of our eyes and I know I'm a little biased towards him cuz I thought that Celtics should draft him, and they did, and I feel like it's working out very well. But the Time Lord improving and the Time Lord being back and being healthy, as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, he deserves the stud and dud of the week this week, in my opinion, because it's just more than stats sometimes. It, oh, oh, I've drank a lot of water today. I think I've drank like close to 120 ounces of water today. So if I burp randomly through the podcast, shout out to John Curley. I know he likes when I do burp. You, That's why you know. But anyways... The Time Lord, stud and dud of the week for doing the right thing. He was the stud. He makes the team better. Glad he's back. Now, the dud of the week, this one's tough because Jalen wasn't 100%, so you really can't bash him there. Jason Tatum was ridiculous on the boards and scoring the basketball. Schroeder uh, finally returned, especially in that Portland game. He was awesome. Uh, Al was solid all week, especially against the Jazz and even against the 76ers. Marcus was fine. Freedom was fine. Smith was great in that Trailblazers game. Peyton Pritchard was great in that uh, Trailblazers game. Josh Richardson, since he's come back in the 76ers game and the Jazz game, I mean, I could have made Josh Richardson the set of the week because Tatum is doing what Tatum is supposed to do over these last, let's say, 
I don't know, two weeks or so, minus the Nets game, Tatum is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. So it's tough to call him the sudden dud of the week because if he is the stud every single week, then that's going to get boring. So that's why I thought Rob did a good job with what he did. So number 12, I mean, he continues to improve. So I guess we're just going to have to go with Romeo because it's the same thing over and over again with Romeo and Lankford. Romeo got a coach's decision, did not play versus the 76ers, and they won. Then he played like 11, maybe 12 minutes versus the Jazz, and he actually showed up. He actually played reasonably well. But guess what? He hurt his ankle again, and he was out again when Jalen Brown wasn't going to play. He could have gotten minutes. And it just showed in that Trailblazers game why Aaron Neesmith should get more minutes than Romeo Langford. Aaron Neesmith does not care about his well-being. He is faster. He is stronger. He can shoot the ball better. And if you want to argue that Romeo's a better defender, fine. But at the end of the day, Aaron Neesmith should be getting more minutes than Romeo Langford because Romeo Langford is made out of glass and he's your dud of the week. But here's the thing. The good thing over the last couple weeks that I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed, it's hard finding a dud of the week the last couple weeks. It, it really has. The team is there. The team is improving. I don't know if Emmy. Uh, Ime is improving, the, the coach Ime Odoka, but the team is getting used to each other, they like each other, they enjoy playing with, with each other, and I like what I'm seeing so far, I really am, but man, Romeo Langford just has to get healthy, doesn't he? Like, if you're a Romeo Langford stan, I get it, it's cute, it's adorable, but I mean, you can't be happy with all these injuries, it's gotta be f- super frustrating, right? Anyways, Something that wasn't super frustrating. Let's recap the the week that was the Boston Celtics. They went two and one, one and one so far on their West Coast road trip, like I previously mentioned. But the first thing we have to focus on is free throws, and not in a bad way. If you've listened to this podcast over the years, especially before this season, I hated how much the Celtics didn't get to the free throw line, and I hated when they did get to the free throw line how many free throws that they missed. But the last three games. They've been unreal in both categories, which in my opinion is very important for this team to get easy points, especially since they suck at three-point shooting. For example, against the Jazz on Friday, they shot 20, uh, They allowed the Jazz to shoot 27 out of 51 from three. That is the most three-pointers hit against the Boston Celtics in franchise history. The Jazz shot 50, 53, was it? Yeah, it was 52.9%, so 53% from three. Most ever against the Celtics. Absolutely insane. And the Celtics counter with 14 of 39, which isn't terrible, but not great. So you know what you have to do? You have to get to the free throw line and make easy points. And the Celtics got to the free throw line 22 times in the Jazz game and made all 22 free throws. The 76ers, they got there 15 times, only made 11. But then against the Trailblazers, they got there 29 times and hit 26. Yeah, or was it 25? No, it was 26. So that means over the last three games, the Celtics have shot 89% from the free throw line, which is incredible for this team because Marcus Smart, you can't rely on his free throw shooting. Same with Tatum. Same with Jalen. Al Horford's, you know, give or take. So it's just really nice to see. And the best part about it is the part that I may drool over. I think I'm going to get chills thinking about it. My nipples might get hard. Jason Tatum took 10 or more free throws in back-to-back games for the first time in his career. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. The cute dribbling, the step backs, the cool shots, the spin moves, the pump fakes, that's all great. But Jason Tatum, since he has turned 19 for the last four years, has gained a lot of muscles, and he is finally using them. And Jason Tatum going to the free throw line 10, 11, 
12 times a game is what I need. It's what this team needs. It's what Jason Tatum needs. And it's what the NBA needs. Because that means he's starting to get calls. He's starting to go downhill. He's starting to attack the rim. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Seriously. I love the amount of free throws the Celtics took. I love that they're attacking the rim. They know that they're not a great three-point shooting team. So you got to make the best of it. So bravo Celtics this week. Keep it up. Please. The 76ers game. Let's break it down real quick. The roster was healthy. What a miracle. And then they barely they barely won, which was super frustrating. But the big man depth did kind of show in this. Cantor, or sorry, Freedom was pretty good. Al Horford was great. The Time Lord was great. And Joel Embiid, they're bit, arguably the top one or two best big man in the league, if not the best big man in the league, whether you're an Embiid guy or a Jokic guy, that's a conversation for a different podcast, but he sucked in that game. You could thank Rob, you could thank Al, or you could just be like, hey, guy had a bad night. Because those those nights happen to NBA stars. See Jason Tatum shooting one, one of 17. So, but what's crazy about the 76ers is if Embiid sucks, and now that they don't have Simmons... And if Danny Green or Seth Curry or Milton or Tobias Harris are off, they're not that great. They're really not. And speaking of Al Horford, he was terrific. He really was. And clearly it was a revenge game for him, especially after the way the 76ers, the organization, and the fans treated him. I mean, 10 points, 8 boards, 4 blocks, 1 assist, hit a couple wide open threes. You love it. And then the Jazz game, Horford was unbelievable. I mean, 19 points in the first half, 9 assists for the entire game. I mean, I I know they didn't get a W, but that's what you need. He deserved that night off against the Trailblazers the other night for sure. So I love the intensity of that 76ers game. It kind of felt like a playoff game. But it also, I was a little disappointed with the amount of people that turned out to TD Garden. It didn't seem like a lot of people really cared. And I get it's a Wednesday night. And I get it the Celtics aren't, you know, this... 20 and 14 they're only like 13 and 11 i get that but like a little disappointing the turnout at at td garden not gonna lie but that was a fun old school competitive physical basketball game and i'm glad the celtics could pull out that victory for sure the jazz game i mean i don't know what can you say the celtics offense looked arguably the best it has all all year and they contested 40 out of the 51 three-pointers that the jazz took that means they were in the area of the shooter, 40 out of the 51 times, and the Jazz made 27 out of 51 threes. Un-freaking believable. Like, I've never seen shooting like that before in my life. Not even, like, in a YouTube video. It was crazy. I mean, the Jazz came out early in that game, and they hit everything. And the fact that the Celtics were on game one of a West Coast road trip, which is on a shitty road trip, too, against some really tough teams, they still fought back and did everything that they could. They actually took the lead back, thanks to Jason Tatum, just going absolutely bananas. He scored 27 out of his 37 points in the second half. And, ugh. It was just a it was a fun game, but it was also like so frustrating because the Celtics just couldn't get stops late in the game. You know, the Celtics have been very good on defense lately. They they really have. Especially in that seventy sixers game like I just talked about. And they just couldn't get stops when it mattered. And obviously Donovan Mitchell just beating Dennis Schroeder off the dribble a couple times late in the game. That was bound to happen. He got a couple and ones, you move on with your life. Like you can't be surprised by that. It's just one of these times it just has to be the Celtics. Please, it just has to be the Celtics, I beg you. But speaking of begging, 
the the Portland Trailblazers were begging for mercy when the Boston Celtics came to town. I mean, the Boston Celtics absolutely destroyed them, 145 to 117. Peyton Pritchard going off at the end of the game at, in his hometown. He went to the University of Oregon. All the the players going crazy for him, a really, really cool scene. And it's like, oh, my God, this team likes each other. This is kind of weird for the Celtics. But this is a game they should have won. The Trailblazers had a bunch of injuries, including one of the best point guards in the NBA and Damian Lillard. And no Jalen, no Al, no Romeo. And they got a huge lead in the first quarter. And kind of expanded in the second quarter. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, my God. Here it comes. They, uh, you, you, you could just sense it. They missed like two or three shots in a row. C.J. McCollum made a couple shots with the Trailblazers, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. And next thing you know, they're only up six going into the third. And my rant last week about this team and probably the week before that and probably until they actually do it, I just don't understand how this team can't keep a big lead. I will just never know. Like, I honestly think I could come up with – a cure for COVID before I actually figure all of this out on why the Boston Celtics cannot keep a lead over 20 for a long period of time. And listen, I know they're not the only team in the league. It's a game of runs. I get it. But just for once, I just want to be able to have a 20 point lead, not have a panic attack and just move on with my life. I mean, the Grizzlies the other night, they, the, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Oklahoma city thunder by over 70 points. All I'm asking is if you're up 20, can we not be worried about it? I'm not asking for a 70-point win. I mean, that would be great. Don't get me wrong. But come on. But with that being said, I feel like the most important part, in my opinion, about this Trailblazers game is how good the offensive looked. Or I'm sorry, how good the offense looked versus the Jazz. And then it continued the next night versus Portland. And this team needs to be more consistent on offense. I, f- I feel like we can all agree with that. The offense has been meh, and the defense has been two thumbs up. Maybe not two thumbs up. Maybe like one and a half thumbs up because anything's better than last year. But we also don't want to get too carried away with it in any way, shape, or form. But if this team can find their offensive rhythm on this West Coast road trip, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't expecting it to happen then. But if it does, I'm into it, and I'm here for it. This is a brutal, brutal month for the Celtics. I mean, after their five-game road trip, they have to come home and play the Milwaukee Bucks, who have been on an absolute tear as of late now that Giannis is healthy and Middleton's healthy and Drew Holiday's healthy. They did just lose Brooke Lopez for a long period of time. But with Middleton and Giannis and Drew Holiday out there, good grief. Absolutely crazy. But overall, a good week from the Celtics. The offense got going. The defense looked good at times for the most part. Yeah, I I really can't complain, but I will have to say this before we get into Cantor banter because we're gonna I'm gonna play Cantor banter next. So obviously Ennis Cantor has changed his name to Ennis Cantor Freedom, and they put Ennis Cantor in the game against the 76ers, and it said Freedom on the jumbotron, and then it said Freedom on his jersey. But like the fact that I was yelling like Hey Freedom, defend Freedom, get that rebound that. <laughs> It just sounded weird, and I and I I'm I'm debating on maybe changing Cantor Banter to something else now that his name's Freedom, but I don't know. It just sounds weird. Like you're like Freedom, good block, like what? It it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I and I wanted to just run out of all the puns and all the dad jokes just to get it like out of my system. But I feel like there's so many more to go, and I'm really looking forward to it in some weird twisted way. But anyways, here's Cantor Banter. He's a man. 
dude who loves to get a double-double, but when it comes to the Turkish government, he's in a lot of trouble. It's time for Cancer Banter, baby! Okay, that was it for Cantor Banter. He actually had a pretty good week this week, not going to lie. He's uh, he's definitely shown some flashes over the last two weeks, that's for sure. Okay, upcoming week for the Boston Celtics. They got three games this week, three of them. That's right, not four, not five, but three of them. And this finishes up their five-game West Coast road trip. Number one, Tuesday night, 10 p.m., Eastern Standard Time versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Gross. Wednesday, 10.30 p.m., Eastern Conference, or Eastern Conference time, <laughs> Eastern Standard Time versus Los Angeles Clippers, both nights at the Staples Center, so they don't have to travel very far, and then Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time versus arguably the best team in the NBA right now, the Phoenix Suns, so let's preview the week. First off, the Los Angeles Lakers, ew, gross, fuck the Lakers, I fucking hate them, but we all know that. LeBron will be back after he got two negative tests, after he tested positive for COVID, usually it's 10 days. He That means he would have missed this Celtics game, but he tested negative twice within 24 hours. So the NBA said, come on back, LeBron, and enjoy yourself. Now, as of right now, the Los Angeles Lakers don't have any injuries. Hopefully, Jalen will be back. But to be honest with you, I think this, the Celtics are going to really stretch out this Jalen situation, even though I wish his hamstring would stretch out so he'd be 100%, but I think they're going to like just drag this out for as long as possible. And I get it. They're thinking big picture, but, I mean, if depending on how the, the rest of this West Coast road trip goes, we may have to have a conversation about Jalen Brown and the future of the Boston Celtics. I don't agree with it, but if I keep seeing this, some of the things that I've been seeing, I don't know. I'm like 99.9% against it, but that one little tenth of a percent could change some things. But anyways, the Lakers, they have not played until Friday. So they have a nice three days off for an old team. Who knows? Now, we all remember the last time that the Celtics played the Lakers. They It was at TD Garden, that Thursday night game. They won by 22. Anthony Davis dropped 31. Jalen Brown didn't play in that game either, so that makes you feel a little bit better. And the Time Lord didn't play in that game either, so I feel like that is definitely a plus for this basketball team. Uh... Jason Tatum dropped 37, Smart dropped 22, Schroeder dropped 21, Josh Richardson, I think, had 15 or 16 points off the bench. Love it. Here's the thing. What did I mention earlier? Free throws, right? The Celtics got to the free throw lines 38 times in this game. They shot 38 free throws. Will that happen again in LA on national TV? Probably not. But let's get like mid-20s like 25, 26, 27, I'd even be okay with 23, but let's try and shoot for that range and then hit those free throws. As always, you got to keep the turnovers down against the Lakers, especially against LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Don't let them run in transition. They're some of the best to ever do it. And then dominate the paint when Anthony Davis isn't on the floor. You have to do that. I'm not worried about DeAndre Jordan, except for maybe one alley-oop per game. Dominate the paint when Anthony Davis is not on the floor. you got to win those non-Anthony Davis minutes. Now, the Celtics also did a great job in that November game winning the minutes where LeBron wasn't playing, but it was also like LeBron's first game back from his injury. So we'll see 
how that all plays out, you know, post-COVID. I think he was asymptomatic, so maybe, you know, he's not running into a Jason Tatum situation where he needs an inhaler, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The Clippers game, an interesting one, since Jalen, again, probably won't be playing in that game. But Kawhi Leonard, he's been out, obviously, with that knee injury he got late last year, which is a huge bummer for the Clippers. But he should be back in time, probably for a good late season run. The Clippers will probably be in the playoffs. They are a talented team. And then Kawhi will be back, and then who knows. Now, the weird thing about the Clippers is they haven't been doing too hot lately. They started off 1-4. and four, then they won 8 out of 9 games, and then since they won those 8 out of 9 games, they've lost 3 out of 7. Nicholas Batoon, he's been out for COVID. He's obviously a very good defender for that basketball team. He can shoot the 3-pointer very well, so we'll be interested to see if he's back. We don't know. Obviously, it's since it's Monday, it's a few days out. Now, they also have instant offense. Paul George, Reggie Jackson, they have a, uh, a good I don't want to say good, a reasonable shooter in Luke Kennard. If he gets going, he's a really good shooter. And then, of course, one of my favorite Celtics players of all time, Stand By Your Man Marcus Morris, is on this team. So I will obviously be golf clapping for Stand By Your Man Marcus Morris. They also have everyone's least favorite, uh, or not everyone's, probably most Celtics fans' least favorite player, Eric Bledsoe, a guy with a lot of muscles that doesn't do anything. Serge Ibaka is also on this team. He's taken a step back. He's not getting as many minutes. His three-point shot isn't what it used to be. But this is a game the Celtics should win. This is a game I could see the Celtics win, but I could also see them losing it since it's the second back of, the, of a night tonight. Of a night tonight. The second back of a night tonight. Oh, my God, Tim. Speak English. I could see them losing the second night of a back-to-back. That's what I meant to say. Good grief. But I don't know. It, do they put a hundred million trillion percent in the Lakers game and then only like 50% in the Clippers game? Or do they even it out? Who knows? But the Clippers are a bottom 10 rebounding team in this league, and the Celtics have to take advantage of that, especially on the offensive glass. Get those taps. Get them out to Tatum or Smart or Schroeder or whoever and put your head down, attack the rim, make the offense feel uncomfortable, get foul, go to the free throw line. And then the Phoenix Suns game, Friday, 10 p.m. I mean, good luck. I mean, the Suns have won 18 out of their last 19 games. Absolutely insane. Devin Booker's been hurt with a hamstring hamstring injury, so it'll be interesting to see what the Suns do with him going forward. Are they going to treat Devin Booker's hamstring kind of like the Celtics are treating Jalen Brown? Maybe they let him play a couple games. Then he'll get sore, and then he'll come back. Who knows? But this Suns team, this Phoenix Suns team that's coached by Bonnie Williams, does everything right. I mean, team offense, team defense, good coaching. The list goes on and on. They can shoot the three ball. Their ball movement is absurd. They're deep on the bench. And they had a great addition this year with JaVale McGee. Um, He's been very, very good for them off the bench, especially with DeAndre eating out for a little bit, you know, doing all the getting hurt, contract stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But they're a top-nine team for offensive rating, top two defensive rating, top three net rating, two to one assist to turnover ratio, which is ridiculous in the NBA, top three in field goal efficiency. The Celtics will need literally their defensive presence from the 76ers game and their offense from the Trailblazers game all to come together for a full 48 minutes in hopes to show up to beat the defending Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns. Wow. 
I feel like I just took a, a breath from doing this podcast, but that is it for episode 143 of the Banner Banter podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Oh, and by the way, if Banner Banter podcast was on your Spotify wrapped as your top five most listened to podcast, share it. Tag me. I'll reshare it. Let the people know that, you know, I'm not the only one that listens to my podcast or my mother's not the only one that listens to my podcast, huh? You know, something along those lines. But anyways, thanks so much for listening as always. I hope you have a great week. Happy holidays. Stay safe. And we'll talk real soon. Beat the Lakers. I fucking hate the Lakers. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.